Welcome back to Seattle Sucks, a podcast about hating the city we love. It's me, Colin. Greg is here. Brian is here. And the paella master, friend of the show, Chris Pagero. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for coming. Paella king on paella the boat. King. Yeah. Hey. Say, after Megas Paella, I think best friend of the show. I'll keep us all well fed. Yeah. Other yeah. guests of the show uh, do better. Step up. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. Um, one time District 2 council candidate and city employee, Chris Pagero. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Officially endorsed by Seattle Sucks Podcast. Some um, are saying uh, that might have been the problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm I appreciate really it. really sorry about no, no, having no. you on the show while you were running for in a primary election. Well, we never um, promised that the Seattle Sucks bump would be positive. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's a bump. There's I mean, a if, bump. And if it makes you feel better, we didn't get Ari through the primary either. So you know, all our was, faves got knocked out. That was the only goal I had was to get better numbers in him. But you know what? He uh, goes a long way. Yeah. 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 Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, well, I guess uh, I'm torn. I'm torn. Like, do we keep like doing Natalie this podcast? Rugliette. That's the question, right? <laughs> Is yeah. Seattle good? I did tell somebody that you had threatened to <laughs> quit the podcast or disband the podcast, and then Shama was going to pull ahead, so we might actually have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have plans. Yeah. <laughs> you go on vacation. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no, no. It was if, wait, if, no, yeah, no, it would have been, we'd have to disband if, if, if Sean good, won. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was too yeah. good. If Seattle yeah. was too good. Yeah. yeah. It still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it still sucks. Uh, I mean, it much more um, much more hopeful than... Oh, I'm much more hopeful than we were the last time we were here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm choosing to look back on the Sean Scott campaign with um, nostalgia and uh, romanticism uh, or something. Um, trying not to be too depressed about it. Um, they... They did an amazing thing they went up against um you know an institutional player backed with a ton of money coming from nowhere with no real um name recognition uh and did it from the ground up uh with a really powerful uh left program uh that anyone who heard it and heard it come out of the mouth of the candidate sean scott uh was easily convinced by um, and fuck, you know, in the end, this looks like they'll get within five points. And you know what? That's okay, I think. You know, like, you know, an enormous effort was undertaken, but it shows, like, what the money buys. Because Alex Peterson didn't campaign. He was essentially a no-show candidate. He didn't show up to fucking anything. Um, Sean Scott was there with an empty chair next to him at all those forums. Uh, <laughs> it was like and, the Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Only real. In, in retrospect, do you think it was a bad move for Sean to talk to the empty chair? Yeah. I mean, address it or... <laughs> Alex, I can't do that to myself. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, um, that's... But you got to look at that like that's this that's the mountain they scaled, right? Like to come from essentially nowhere, and even in the primary, like a really like a an incredible showing in the primary to get into the top two yeah, yeah. was still only shit. Was it like twenty seven percent to Alex's forty five or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know that's that's a huge uh, gap to close, and man, they. They closed a lot of it. They they climbed a mountain of corporate fucking money and uh 
they got that far, you know? Yeah, I think the hardest part is, is you know, as everything unfolded, uh, the narrative kept coming out that Seattle is a microcosm of what the United States is, right? And uh, mediocre white men can do well with a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. And, and win things while, you know, incredibly intelligent, um, well-thought, out uh, black candidates um, don't win, even if they have the, the right vision. Um, and it just, I think it exposed what we're well aware of, of a systemic uh, racism within our elector- electoral process. And um, it's really sad. Um, I I learned an, an incredible amount as a candidate from Sean, and he inspired me so much. And I, I w- the hardest part was like seeing that result, I'm like how the fuck did that happen? Because he did everything right, and, and oh, yeah. still, um, and then face a candidate that didn't sh- even show up for like twelve or thirteen more more. Um, uh, Just didn't the, campaign. Didn't campaign. So, you know, I, I got to be careful <laughs> as a person who's employed by the city because I have to work with all these folks. But um, I think um, you know the other candidates that made did make it through in the quote unquote most progressive council um in seattle history i don't know how do you verify that yeah (laughs) um i think it's gonna be very difficult for that conservative kind of um uh push to come through uh each each council candidate each council member has a vote so i think um we'll we'll see what happens but you know i I think um there's there's a great future for sean and i want to see him uh, continue in politics you know at some point if not um helping to establish a more diverse um electoral process whether that's when I decided to join in, uh, the big question to me was like, who are you going to hire as your consultant? I'm like, well, we don't have many consultants of color, so I don't know. you got to know the system. But yeah. now that he's part of that system, I think there's a lot of potential for hope and to change the outcomes. It's been um, 29 years, 1967, that we we haven't had um, a black council member. So I think that's telling and we need to do some work. But, um, yeah, it's it's – Pretty devastating to see Sean, uh, and I, I, you know, I just got to show my um, appreciation and love for Sean and his his campaign. He did an amazing job. Yeah, well, you know, Sean didn't hire any like uh, high price consultants either. He had yeah. to, he had a campaign staff of actually pretty much all um, young people of color, queer yep. people of color, uh, gender nonconforming people of color, um, and they were all like incredibly impressive yep. and did just. Just an enormous like feat to even to get that far. But I, I want to go back to like yeah, if we're picking this all apart, we know like you know the rest of the races really kind of came out okay. Um, you know, big relief, and it really does. I mean, it really changes. Shama coming through like really changes. I mean, that's that's huge. It may and Alex Peterson. Like I fear him as like a a powerful institutional player, someone who's plugged into City Hall, someone who has the experience and the connections to just throw fucking wrenches around but yeah he's he's been nerfed by like he's in hopefully in a council with shama's leadership that you know isn't going to vote with him but well you know we'll see but i but when i look around at those races and see like how everything else came out i go like what's different i just want to talk about that more like how does you know racism play into this well i mean i think it's you know worth mentioning that the strangers um top phrenology columnist did express quite a bit of skepticism over the idea that like, you know, race or racism might have played a factor in uh, at the time when she was gloating over Sawant's uh, defeat, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'll expect some sort of 
acknowledgement of her. Yeah, but uh, you know, but over Sean as well. And yeah, I mean, um, yeah. So I, mean, I, I think, yeah, she would address this issue of what role race you think might have played. Because I, I these, just come down, I see things. like the enormous amount of work they did, the non-campaign that Alex Peterson ran, and I see similar things in other races. I see, uh, but but I mean, Egan O'Ryan also had nothing to say like Alex Peterson, but he showed up, um, yeah. and he did worse. You know, um, okay. Now this was against the very popular two-term incumbent Shamus mm. Want, but you know, I mean, Andrew Lewis beat former police chief and ca- chamber and Amazon-backed candidate Officer Jim Fistfight, and I, you know, like, mm. how does that how does that happen? He also basically is coming out of nowhere, mm. a young guy, uh, about the same age. Um, similar length of resume anyway uh but he had a lot less to say uh sounded a lot less uh convincing on a forum stage um but he he looks uh extremely like the uh like parody of a like random generic uh politician in that he looks extremely like white and middle class you know so so I, i just think like what is different what's different in District Four, and that's I do come down to that, you know. I think I, I don't know the numbers, but I I think we, um, you know, I, I want to know the percentage of students from UW and and where they came out. I think um, did we have a low number of, of UW students? I don't I don't believe so. But um, you know, we when I came onto the boat today, we talked briefly about like uh, the uh, UW uh, Republican you know crew that just got denounced from the national level of a chapter of uh, college Republicans. And I don't think that their presence made a big dent in, in that outcome. But, um, you know, a lot of kids, uh, well, I, I can say that because I'm an old, old person, but a lot of kids <laughs> at UW uh, are from all over the, the United States. So um, I think, you know, we have to, we do have to look at, a, at deeply what, what race, um, what the conversation of race and having a, a candidate of color w- you know, how much does that play out in, in regards to the outcome? And I think it, systemically it, it absolutely does. Yeah. Um, and that's unfortunate. Oh, I like to believe that the UW College Republicans, old nemeses of mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> they used to, I swear to God, so, I mean, you know, I've confessed to being a UW Young Democrat previously, um, you know, over 10 years ago or whatever. And uh, I swear to God, it's different people, but the, they pulled the same, they were the same types and they pulled the same shit um, yeah. when I was there. So they just got booted from the national organization because a year ago they did the um yeah the the oh, affirmative yeah. action bake sale I genius think fucking out for that that used to be like the yeah, standard that was the bread and butter. for like well there's you know that's yeah. they've gotten kicked out of the college republicans because yeah. the college republican national organization are never trumpers so yeah. that's all that's happened here is never trumpers have kicked out these uh stephen miller types like mm-hmm. like tie and suit and briefcase like yeah. arch, Goblin arch white nationalists yeah, yeah. Um, which, it's which a, really is the base of the Republican Party right, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's more like, the national yeah. ostracizing itself than anything else but then it's an idiotic party yeah totally yeah, yeah uh, but like they used to do the same shit they had um, so they had when I was there they had uh, tag an immigrant day or mm-hmm. something Wait, um, what is tag this? an illegal it was a game of tag where you I don't know it was on the hub lawn it was like a thing you did and you like 
tag an illegal immigrant. I don't. It, <laughs> just, yeah, say the excuse college, me. <laughs> yeah, the college Republicans at UTSA had a. They erected a border fence, and it was just like a little bit of chain link with a hole in the bottom, and they would have uh, students go through the hole, and you get like a little prize at the end of it or whatever. I mean, this is the shit they've been doing forever. I mean, that was in yeah. 2000. Well, you know, yeah, you're talking right, about right, Texas, right, but again, yeah. one of our themes on here is Seattle isn't as fucking, you know, whatever as it thinks it is. And like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to, I'm not saying like some large portion of the UW student population is as like vir- virulently racist as these fucking chuds, but, um, but it shows you that it is, that does exist. It is oh, yeah. here. And, when it comes to voting, um, you know, when it comes to voting in this kind of election that people basically pay no attention to, like, yeah. you know, no one's listening, no one's us listening to this podcast. No one's, there's so few like people who actually, you know, are clued in a campaign for a small, a local city council race in an off year is about just getting in front of people and going, there's a campaign and you should actually vote. Like it's actually just like convincing people to even have an opinion is what campaigning is. That was my strategy. Thank yeah, you. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when it's that, you, I think, the level of just inherent um, racial bias mm-hmm. doesn't have to be that high. It doesn't have to be that like. Um, well, imagine if you. It can be pretty subtle and still yeah. cause you to go not take. Uh, a can a very black candidate like Sean Scott whose face is plastered all over his signs yeah, yeah. just to write him off, to not take him seriously. Well, imagine you're like the average Laurelhurst homeowner. You know, your life's going great. You know, you got your multi million dollar home, you know. Uh, I guess you just sleep on like, you know, in a bowl of gold coins like Scrooge McDuck <laughs> or whatever. And of course you're not paying attention to shit because why? And, you know, you're driving around in your car and, you know, you roll up in your, you know, Range Rover tank and you look over and there's two campaign signs, right? And one is Sean yeah. Scott and one is Alex Pearson. And I think, like, we talked about the role. His, Alex Pearson's campaign signs didn't have his picture on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know, but I think the role of race in the campaign for a lot of it probably was just that, right? Of, like, yeah, yeah. People had, like, literally no information other than those two signs and were like, I'm gonna take the other. Yeah, one. well, they see like, <laughs> like they're yeah. you know comfortable white uh, homer homeowner uh, here sees one clipper a picture with a quote uh, of Malcolm X showing up in their neighborhood talking about Plymouth Rock and they're like well, my people came over on the Mayflower you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, so I think part of it <laughs> that was good, but uh, uh, if we look at even the the progressive establishment as well, I mean, we look at Cape and I mm-hmm. Cape. You know, I appreciate uh, the work that CAPE did to try to um, really counter what was happening with CASE, but they, I don't, without having a diverse group of folks looking at their strategy and how they were going to dole out their, their, their funds for independent expenditure for the campaigns, without someone saying race will be a factor across, mm-hmm. you know, we need to use a racial lens as we're doing this work to figure out who's going to need more help and 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 which campaigns are not going to be as as significant. Um, you know, when we look at Strauss and and Willis, they sp- I don't know how much they spent, but there's a, a tremendous amount of money that was spent there, which could have gone to Sean Scott and to uh, Shama Sawan. Yeah, and yeah. It, this you know I think that's one of the biggest problems. And uh, without 
you know, again, good progressives, they also need to do racial equity work and have a yeah. racial equity lens when they um, when they're when they're playing the game. Like they just have to look inward. And are we the folks at the table? Do we have enough of a of a lens to to be able to uh, see our goal through? And and I don't I don't think they do. I think it's it's completely. Um, short-sighted on their end um well, and or maybe it was constructed that way i mean i i want to give them ben, the benefit of the doubt and i've seen several uh folks talking after this the election results that you know whether it was uh short-sighted or it was actually uh because they were socialist or whatever that there was a uh, intent behind it but we have to look at that part too and make sure that um it's just not white folks at the table determining how they're going to spend the money yeah well i mean the seattle progressive is extremely the like I don't see race, like I don't <laughs> see color, shit, right? Like it's that's why I mean, fuck. That's why that's why we need candidates like that's why we need people like Sean Scott because he was a first first of all a person of color, a black man, and he was also taught he would he he was willing to talk about all these things and talk about actually having a yeah racial equity like looking at things from that perspective and yeah that's not like what that's not how seattle progressives are doing it you know that's not that's not really on the table um for a lot of people yeah well that uh great um anyway you know honest honest sincere congratulations to the sean scott campaign for Absolutely. the the incredible job they did the people they inspired to Sean for running that, like in this incredible race and coming out, um, it's ama- amazing actually to close from you know to squeak into that primary and then close that gap almost almost get there um, yeah. against all this money, uh, and it's only because they campaigned they campaigned they had he they had it's a great candidate with a good fucking uh, program and they they went out and told people. Um, yeah, when I'd said on the boat earlier, off bike or whatever, but like uh, being at the the Sean Scott party at the Westie or whatever, and uh, you know all these like very earnest people who aren't like me and Greg who are there because we're awful and we don't expect anything good to ever happen. So when bad things happen, we're just like, yeah, of course, you know, like that's one hundred percent what I was expecting. But uh, you know, to see like uh, some of these people get like a little bit crushed in real time was not the best feeling in the world. But I hope that all those people. Uh, stay active and go out. I mean, I hope they see what they did as like special, right? And that they go out and they they continue uh, the fight. Yeah, know? continue to organize. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I also yeah, I am you know as cynical as you generally, Brian. But I got emotionally invested in that campaign, mm. and I you know I really wanted it to happen. But uh, uh, but the you know on that night we were also worrying about Shama mm-hmm. Swan, mm-hmm. the mo- the best candidate mm-hmm. lost to the worst, but at least the most important candidate beat the fucking joke you know <laughs> like uh it's huge i mean it really it to have all the other races the vaguely progressive candidates win but keep shama swant on I mean, the council for a third term she's the voice that we need um mm-hmm. and and really sets the tone and um the whole campaign of egan um was based in xenophobia misogyny and racism and it was a campaign of uh i'm not shama and and, you know, I, I had chatted with Egan early on. I said, Egan, what are you for, though? Like, I want to know what you're for versus what you're not. And, um, you know, I, you know, United Voters of Sawant, you know, came through. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Hell yeah. Um, you know, I was, 
I don't know. I hate to, I don't want to make, sound like I'm gloating, but I'm, I'm so incredibly happy for Shama and the hard work that she's done. Um, and I look forward to working with her again um, in the next four years. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, again, um, that now that we have, quote unquote, the most progressive city council in history, um, I hope that the other council uh, members uh, align more like they did at the last minute when Amazon dropped their, their money bomb. It's interesting that, of course, they all jump behind Shama at the last minute yeah. because they saw uh, mm-hmm. voters that uh, you know being disenfranchised for their votes. Um, so I, w- I hope that's maintained. Yeah. yeah. Well, I even think the jumping behind her at the last minute for a lot of them, too, I think was a sign of her power, too. I, you know, oh, absolutely. I, I remember the day after when it looked like, you know, she wasn't going to pull through and people were like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, we uh, we got the $15 an hour minimum wage uh, because we're a progressive city or whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, she's important. Like, she drags people. Like, she, you yeah. know, she, she's, like, actually, like, you know, uh, like, beating the rest of those idiots yeah. and actually doing the right thing. Well, that's required. Like, the, we can't trust. The Seattle City Council cannot be trusted, trusted to do the right thing on their own. Like, and I, I think the Spog contract and a million other things have proven that. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. uh, you know. Well, it, it, it goes it, beyond that, too, in this race specifically um you know everybody did kind of sort of line up um to one degree or another after that the money dropped but even before that every camp all the uh pack money was going to basically run against sawant in every district in every district that's yeah. right um and you know i said it before there, there's a certain like uh, legitimate truth to that um just saying, you need to vote for this candidate who's not in Sawant's district be, to get to vote against Sawant. And I, I mean, they're not. That's that's legit. I mean, it may might have confused like a really dumb voter, but um, uh, but yeah, it is. You know, to dim, even if she gets elected to diminish influence, that's a you know, that's a that's a campaign you can run. It was fucking dumb because mm-hmm. all these people have been reading the fucking Seattle Times. And everybody else who has just been using Shama as this, like, trying to use her as this wedge issue is just, like, haplessly claiming that she's so divisive and all this shit. And the truth is, she's fucking popular. Yeah. yeah. They ran against her in every fucking district, and it helped those candidates. <laughs> the most popular, like, reason why is I just don't like her. Like I just don't like yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. You know, scary, scary brown woman with an opinion who's really smart. I just don't like her. Yeah, and there, oh, there are people. It's she's not. You know, she, she has, but she has a lot of popularity. There, she is. Does you know the propaganda has worked on a lot of people? Um, they don't know why. Yeah, but they, but a lot of other people know her name. She has national fucking name recognition, and anyone, even people totally tuned out, recognize that name, and. At this point, it's been drilled in so many times that people are actually probably able to attach to that name in their head something of her program. Okay, they might actually remember. Wasn't that some? Didn't didn't she raise the minimum wage? Which didn't she try to tax Amazon? Yeah, yeah. Pretty fucking actually popular. Um, again, these aren't like you know eighty uh, percent issues probably, but they're. That you don't need that to win fucking elections and to control government power. Uh, they fucked up running against Shama Sawant. And that was Burgess, right? He was the one responsible for most of those well, mailers. That goes, yeah, because that goes back early. Because I, I was rereading some like the Seattle Times articles or, you know, business thinks they can flip the council that was going all the way back to, uh, you know, July uh, during the summer. 
And their whole thing was like, I, it, one, it was incredibly clear from the beginning, the target was Sawant, right? Like any any seats they got in other districts, of course, they were going to take, but like the target was getting rid of her. And, you know, th- it was so funny reading these old articles like, yeah, we think what we're going to do is try and push the, you know, we don't want, we don't want her to talk about corporate money. So we're just going to push this thing about her being divisive and that she argues too much on the count and she doesn't get along with anybody. And it's so funny because I was like, Oh my god! This is literally the talking points to get parroted at me by idiots on you know Facebook, especially, but you know Twitter and stuff like that. And uh, it's like, wow, you know, the, like they they were able to get that message into some dummies' heads. But uh, you know, I, she pulled it out. I mean, I think the thing that was interesting was she was you know down eight points on the the night with you know forty eight percent of the votes in, and you know, of course, I instantly was like, they finally did it. Like they they're just gonna throw enough money at this until they finally you know shove some idiot past her, and they finally did it. But I mean, she just absolutely crushed them in the late yeah. vote, which yep. says to me that like that vote was class divided, yep. right? Oh, like, yeah. totally. you know, like completely. Like yeah. if you see the if yeah. you see the uh, the map, there's a map that I have on uh, on Facebook where it shows the breakdown, and it's totally the you know north end of Capitol Hill and the Gold Coast. On uh, Lake Washington, those are all Egan voters. I'm like, and then I, I think it's a 19th that like mm. it splits off yeah. and it goes right over yeah. to like <laughs> Shama Sawant voters. Um, but like since we've had mail-in um, uh, um, elections, we've known for a long time oh, yeah. that like it's going to swing mm-hmm. uh, to um, renters and uh, service workers, restaurant workers, and it's going to be more liberal as time goes on. So yeah. like for the early, it's and I hate to bring it up, but like the early celebration of Egan's campaign, I'm like, mm-hmm. I. I'm like, oh shit, that's gonna come and bite him in the yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. And um, yeah, I don't get invited to the gay bars anymore. So. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. One of the first things, you know, he, even on election night, he he was still saying, like, you know, in, when asked, um, I was just reading a something on KOW. Um, I forget who. But, Sh- yeah, Shadow of Amazon. Was yeah, yeah. Uh, was his first response to like, well, you know, what, uh, you know, what went down? How did you campaign here? Well, how did you maybe win? Or I don't know what the fuck. He's like, well, first of all, I wasn't so want. Just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, campaign. Yeah, like three like, days after you lost, and you're still like on this. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, yeah. What was the day before the election? He was blaming all the Amazon money and the yeah. Amazon. Yeah, don't worry. He's continued we're, that. Yeah, like, we're gonna get into that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into later. That shit. <laughs> um, no, but like, uh, well, Chris, it'd be interesting to hear like. What is the what's the racial issue the racial um lens in district 3 you know like uh, this is a brown woman um running against you know a middle class white man um so the mob king, the mob king. The, the, the <laughs> flash, that makes him sound king. entirely <laughs> too know, cool. The flash, 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 mob, flash, flash mob, mob king. king. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, shit, sorry. It's, um, it's late. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, well, first of all, like I said, uh, when your when your campaign is rooted in xenophobia and racism and misogyny, um, I think that's that's the whole narrative of a, a brown intelligent woman that has a strong opinion who's not um, a capitalist or part of the the mainstream uh, uh, way of thinking of capitalism, um, who's a socialist. Oh my god! Like all these. You know, red baiting and on top of it that that creates this fear and, and that's an opportunity for someone to come in and try to make a, a campaign on that i think within the gay community we especially in the gay community want to think that we're super liberal on every issue but you know, i think what trump has exposed is that more and more gay men especially white gay men with money um are actually very conservative and especially now that they have wealth and so um 
I think the the piece that's missing within the LGBTQ community, especially white men with money who are cisgendered, is um, recognizing that looking beyond your own experience of oppression, homophobia, and making um, a, a connection to collective liberation, and um, that we have to do work within our community for trans, black, and brown, uh, indigenous folks, and people of color within the gay community as well, and and beyond the gay community into uh, communities of color. And I think if our community continues to bring up only those who are connected to capitalism into the mainstream democratic system and not um, more radical uh, visioning of what we could do for liberation, I think we're going to continue to have this problem of having mediocre uh, candidates that can't see beyond their own oppression, and that only adds to um, the problems that we see. And, and Ed Murray is a good example of that. Like, I, I had a horrendous time working with that, that man, um, <laughs> and... You know, I would, I would, you know, whiteness and um, and wealth are blinders beyond um, uh, your own oppression. And once you get there and you you have wealth and whiteness on top of it, it's hard to see beyond that and and see the continued work that has to happen. Um, I had a friend that came in from Montana last year for Pride, working on um, with ACLU to uh, continue the fight for trans benefits. And the the most resistance that they received were from gay white wealthy men. They said, you know, we're married. We got our we got our rights. Good luck with that. Um, no, you're not getting any money from me. I have no interest. So well, I think it's a big issue. Well, I, uh, let's give a PSA. Conservative, gay, white, wealthy men of America, come to Seattle where you can live and call yourself a liberal progressive. <laughs> did you just That's... invite Mayor Pete? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I think I did. Yeah. Mayor Pete, this is the city for you. Mm -hmm. The country isn't buying it. But uh, I fucking oh, yeah. swear to God, we Seattle liberals rifles are for children in other countries. Will, <laughs> yes, here. yeah, they will act that. They'll be like, yeah, wait, you're saying you're a gay man? Oh, you are. Yeah, you're a liberal progressive boy. Huh? I don't know if your left wing views are uh, are suitable for the whole country, but you know, we we'll take you here. So yeah, come one, come all, gay conservative America. Well, the thing that we forget is that like money and power buys you like a lot of acceptance, right? And it's that same thing of like whenever you'll have a celebrity who's rich like the trump thing's been interesting because you have like a rich celebrity who like will be with a bag of hat oh, or something nice about trump or whatever <laughs> oh yeah or do something like ellen Fuck. does or whatever right and all this and everybody like shocked by it and it's like no like because ellen above all is rich like like that's her identity and she's rich right like <laughs> but she's trump, really happy about trump's it Trump's a rich so guy yeah, really exactly. sweet, yeah i mean i mean that was the funny thing about like people blowing up with the kanye thing where it's like yeah, you know, Kanye is black, but he's also a very rich man. Like, and that I think is probably his primary identity yeah. at this point. And like, yeah, he's a rich guy. He likes rich guys. Like, what a fucking shock. But, um, and I think, you know, on the Hill, I mean, it gets that gentrification issue of, you know, if the Hill's going to be a, you know, gayborhood only for like business owners, then, you know, you get Orion as its future, right? If it's going to be for everybody, maybe Sawana's. Well, I've been here for 20 years, and, and the vast majority of gay white men that I know have been gentrified off yeah. Capitol Hill, but they still won't like Shama Sawant. I'm like, yeah. dude, like, you know, uh, 
addressing in, income inequality yeah. is a mainstream LGBTQ issue. Like we need to figure this out. Like uh, especially for trans folks and uh, um, uh, black and indigenous folks oh, of sure. color in our, our community. Like, well, we we well, talked about this. We had our friend yeah. uh, friend of the show, Kevin, the historian, on here. Doctor Kevin. Doctor Kevin. Yeah, and, not the squirrel. Uh, not the squirrel. Very clear. And Bradley. Uh, and Bradley. And yeah. And you know they brought up that point, and you know we'd start joke because you know uh, yeah because of course like nobody has guys ever been paid minimum wage before, so of course she doesn't care about gay issues, <laughs> right? Like, you know, that's, I mean, that's the trick it's, at work it's, it's here, crazy. right? Is it's crazy. when you're Egan Orion. When you're yeah. wealthy, you your class con you have class consciousness. Mm -hmm. When you're the wealthy have class consciousness in America, they're the only people who do. They somehow they know and understand that their interests are more aligned with each other than with anyone else. But when you're poor, you don't have that in America. So you you identify with these other uh, non-economic classes, and so you've got Egan Orion. Uh, the gay wealthy man who, again, sides with the priorities of wealth and thus is not going to stand in the way of gentrification. But then you have, you know, gay men who have been pushed off the hill, like you were talking, economically evicted, you know, gentrified out. And but they still can look at Egan O'Ryan and identify yep. because of a sexual yeah. identity that because because they're poor. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah. Well, even just to the point of like, uh, as you're saying earlier, like, I, I just don't like Shama, right? Without a reason, you know. There's no is, reason. Yeah, which is the the mean lady who who's always yelling in magazines, like well, on the newspaper. The mean or brown yeah. lady. Yeah, yeah it's it racism the, and yeah, misogyny yeah. because yeah. this this is a per, yeah. a a politician who does what is <laughs> like the template for what in any like movie like the good politician does someone who just stands up for what they believe in sticks yeah. to it every Has time principles. communicates <laughs> it over and over <laughs> even occasionally gets results makes an issue out of things doesn't fucking back down but because she because she's a woman and because she's not white yeah um you know another ways if if she were a white man it would be totally acceptable. We're like, oh, Shama Sawan, yeah, he's my guy, you know, but that's yeah. not the case, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it'd certainly be an easier road to hoe for her, right? But, you know, maybe she also wouldn't have any backbone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I mean, I think the interesting thing about that is the choice of like images for her that our local media always chooses, yeah. Yeah. which is, you know, right out of the civil rights movement where it's like, you know, the police and you get the stock photo of the cop and then like the civil rights, you know, activist or whatever. And it's always some guy screaming or something like that. And yeah. it's like, one of those is scary. <laughs> like then, and, and with Sawant, uh, I mean, all the way down to David Horsey's awful depictions of her. I yeah. mean, you know, oh, it's uh, his very good, cool but he's, depictions. He's so <laughs> homey, though. Like, yeah. you know, Horsey, he's even yeah. got a homey name. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, he did have the one good depiction of her executing people in downtown Seattle. I have to oh see, like, God. Jeff Bezos in downtown Seattle. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> if, only, if only that were the case. No, I just, I tweeted him. I suggested for <laughs> after the election that he should do a cartoon of a Godzilla sized Shama stomping wrecking downtown seattle and like <laughs> dropping a huge foot smashing the balls and i don't yeah. i don't think he took me up on it but horsey's yeah, probably know. like a ball crushing pain pig though so <laughs> he, just, he probably just made it and jerked off to it and, and then left but well, uh, awful but yeah yeah i mean but i think the one thing that's you know interesting i mean we talk about the yeah obviously the late vote uh tends to like skew left but i mean she didn't just win the late vote she like fucking crushed yeah, the late yeah. Vote, yeah. which does say something good to me which is that yeah i mean all the people who are 
uh, maybe turned off by the, uh, you know, angry uh, brown woman, you know, narrative or whatever. Well, apparently that's all on the rich side of it. And when it comes to service workers and everybody else, apparently they think that shit's cool as hell. That's awesome. When you you own a home, you have a coffee table and there's nothing else on it but a vase and maybe some coasters and so you when you that ballot comes in the mail you put it there and you look at it for three four days before you fill it out um you know when you're poor you've got other shit to do of course yeah 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 so but yeah so i like what that vote said though i like that split yeah yeah i mean there yeah i mean it's the after election night i don't haven't seen the number it's got to be something like Six sixty, around just below sixty five percent of the the late vote went to her. Yeah. I think. Um, shall we move on to? We got to talk about District Two because we've got the man himself, yeah. Chris Bagaro, yeah. who lives in District Two, ran um, in that primary. Uh, hey, uh, Mark Solomon, whoever the fuck that was, uh, <laughs> got his ass nice. fucking. Beat yeah. by no, I was Tammy Morales. Worried. I was not worried. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> um, you know, uh, campaigning uh, alongside Tammy, uh, we, what was interesting was uh, I really tried desperately hard with our district, especially that, uh, especially for the candidates of color, that we weren't going to be divisive among each other because there's so much at stake. Um, and we, I think we did a pretty good job of, of maintaining a, a nice um, uh, working relationship as we were on the campaign trail. No one was ever. Um, divisive among each among each other um and i got to know mark solomon pretty well he's a nice guy but um it was interesting to see um that he did not um he did not come out against the money that he was receiving from amazon and for me that was a no-brainer like i you know i have to sleep at night and so if if you know as as a uh, candidate running i you know ran a very principled campaign that that had aligned with my values and um, each of those candidates that received those endorsements from Case or from people for Seattle, Moms for Seattle, you had to fill out a questionnaire. And yeah. You have to go you in do, for an interview. At, so You had to lobby for that endorsement. You had, to, you had to lobby for it. So the, the narrative of, you know, I'm just a victim of, you know, success, yeah. um, it doesn't You had fall. to say, this is these are my priorities. These are my priorities. They happen to be yours, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think uh, for me, uh, Tammy did ask if I would come out and help uh, be on her steering committee, and I uh, gladly accepted that um, because we align very well with our values. So, you know, uh, all kudos to Tammy Morales. I think she's going to be a great, uh, a great councilwoman, Absolutely. and I look forward to working with her on uh, so many things. Um, I think um, I think she's the right candidate for District Two, and um, really appreciate her her uh, strength and and ability to run several. And you know, she ran what four years ago, so she finally won it and i think she's gonna be awesome you know i i look forward to seeing this is an this is a another not white woman with a strong voice and yet who probably has somewhat a different style than shama and i look forward to them working being on the same page pushing the same messages and watching people half watching the seattle times at all decide are we just gonna say they're both uh divisive and what are we just gonna <laughs> say everyone are we just or are they gonna still just single out shama and then be undercut when tammy is saying the same things if we get into you know a fight to tax uh big business progressively in this town it's gonna be real interesting yeah i i think uh 
they're going to keep the same uh, modus operandi. They're going to continue with Shama and focus there, I think. Um, the support, it will fall on deaf ears if that's the way they go for uh, Tammy in District 2. There's so much support for her. I, I don't know the percentage that she won by, but it was a landslide, and it continues to grow as, as we count the last ballots. But um, she's the Times is not going to get a lot of support in that, that narrative. So um, I think... Um, and this isn't just calling out uh, Tammy, but all candidates that that ran on a progressive ticket. The, the work now is making sure that they maintain their their campaign promises and that we as uh, you know, citizens are, are actively keeping them accountable. And I, th- I don't think that's going to be a problem for Tammy, um, but we got to make sure that we we keep those those folks accountable and we're working with them, that we're uh, reaching out to them when they're they're falling behind or they're not supporting the progressive uh, legislative uh, agendas that we need to keep in place and pushing against Amazon and taxing them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's the tax times two. Oh, and uh, the Tammy one was like on the election night. Again, was one of the like really nice bright spots because, you know, District two is you know, probably one of the more low income districts right in Seattle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if a cop had had a good showing in that, I would have been I would have really lost a lot of faith in the city. So the fact that the cop was like getting his ass kicked from the beginning, I was like, good, good. That made me <laughs> yeah. feel better. Yeah. So no, it's a nice it bright did. spot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely did. Um, yeah, like we said, the, hopefully the first thing on the table uh, next year is taxing business, progressive corporate tax to start taking money that doesn't belong to Amazon away from them. And um, But that also is why uh, Amazon you know, decided to throw their weight around in this election in the first place, right? Like, this is the big thing they don't want to see. This is, they, you know, in sort of unprecedented way, threw their weight around very publicly and sort of ham-fistedly when last year the council tried to push uh, past the, uh, when they did pass the employee hours tax. Um, Unanimously. Yeah. Um, So this this is what this fight was about. It was about taking down Sawant to preclude the possibility of taxing them on a city level. Um, well, I think to send a message, too, about what being a vocal opponent of Amazon will get you, right? Yeah, well, it's all message. Yeah. Because yeah. even the tax that they did pass unanimously and whatever we're likely to get here is, from Amazon's perspective, more message than it is material because right. it's going to be such a fucking tiny amount of money. It's going to be a huge amount of money to the city's effort to house people. Um, but we're talking about such wildly different scales of 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 cash here that to them it's a little bit of money off their bottom line barely uh it's still kind of going to be pocket change but the but it says something it's a it's a message that says oh you can now tax us you have the power to do this so this is why they got involved what's interesting just is you know i've been getting in fights on Twitter, a <laughs> uh, rare occurrence. Now that it's shaken out, I absolutely Amazon was defeated. I mean, the the money they put in, it didn't buy them what they wanted, but that's not to say it wasn't effective. Um, they may have lost, you know, of the ones that matter that they lost. Uh, you know, they they only got Peterson on uh, in the sort of like contested races. Um, How much did they spend on Peterson? Three million dollars. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, I. You know, if you everyone, put all the money of all the all the pack money, that's the one they got. So, yeah, it's a lot. Right? It's a big mm-hmm. chunk of change. Um, and, but the thing that is, you know, 
getting on, like sticking in my craw is people saying, okay, it's one thing to say they lost, they were defeated. I think that's true. But people want to say that I'm reading, there's a lot of takes that say, well, the a Amazon money drop backfired. Uh, that says that because they put in this money, it actually turned people against the Amazon candidates because they heard that Amazon was interfering here. And they said, oh, that's that's not right. Um, and that's, you know, I think there's an anecdotal truth to that. I'm sure that's true of a few people, but most people aren't paying that attention in that way. And we know that spending all this money actually has an effect. It has, for all for all these people who are barely paying attention, who are deciding if they're even going to vote in this off-year election at all, all these mailers and signs that are paid for with this money, with money from other corporations, other PACs, but certainly from the the one and a half million that Amazon put in in mid-October. Uh, that has an effect. It buys, it, it allows, it's what, how, how does a candidate like Alex Peterson beat a candidate like Sean Scott without all that money? Get, how does Egan O'Ryan and nothing come even close to the very popular two-term incumbent Shama Swan? How does, how are all these other races except District 2 relatively close? Um, and it's because these lame candidates had had this institutional, this corporate backing. Uh, so, yeah, the, I guess uh, the point is they'll be uh, because I'm, I got tired of fucking arguing with people on Twitter about this in like you know th insane threads where I was like you know up at one in the morning like <laughs> like with my bleary eyes trying to convince somebody somewhere. Uh, what I was trying to say, there'll be a new uh, uh, essay on this subject on the uh, on mechanical, mechanical freak. freak. Uh, so there'll be a link to that, I guess. Yeah. In this, I think yeah. flipping the narrative that you know that money did help uh, mediocre candidates, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. that that wasn't the case. That wasn't the reason why uh, those candidates lost. No, they were shitty candidates. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but but it did. Shitty candidates got. Real, Real close. Far. Really close. Yeah. Really close. Yeah. But I will say, though, like, I was so happy to see uh, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders come out and say, oh, yeah. hey, this is a big deal. Wake up. Uh, mm -hmm. You need to, these are the progressive candidates that we need to choose and not yeah. let Amazon buy a city council. A freaking city council. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. huge. You know, this is a, it's a big deal. So I yeah. think that was helpful. It was great. And, and it was a great talking point. The endorsements were great. Um, the, would have been cool if Washington had a congresswoman that could come out and support him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice, especially at that when the national figures are coming out. But, um, yeah, yeah, you know right. that. Yeah, geez. Yeah, Sean Scott Bummer. did just didn't have some of the sort of institutional support that he should have yeah. from the beginning, yeah. and yeah. Pramila well, Jayapal is one of those. Um, so on didn't either. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, that less bitter about that, you know. Right. Well, in the yes, end. I know. Yes, but I just absolutely just saying that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like. But I think what the, I think people are getting confused is like, yes, they took this national PR hit that contributes to their image as as bullies and whatever include and in the city, too. But that is that is ultimately a pretty esoteric thing that no one is really paying attention to. You know, and we're talking like this is this is inside baseball shit. This is nerd mm -hmm. shit here. OK, like, oh, Amazon spent this money and. Yes, you could. Use, if you manage to get in front of someone's face, you could use that as a talking point, and that was great. It's just but, it's hard. Did you read uh, Glenn Nelson from Trail Posse his his article in Crosscut uh, the day of after 
Which election. One was that? This is a um, self-described uh, Seattle woke is is yeah, has died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was a great piece. Um, that was probably the most um, at that moment for me the one that hit home the, the most. But like to hear Egan say decry all this money and and this is this is you know Glenn saying you know I had a vision of you know Jeff Bezos shoving dollar bills down his throat. Like it's yeah. hard to like have any uh, sympathy for someone yeah. who so willingly, you know, will sell themselves for any any cost as long as they win. Um, you know, f- for for me as a candidate, you know, I think, like I said, for I had to be able to sleep at night and see my kids in, in the morning and, and tell them that, you know, sometimes, um, or, or winning at all costs is not winning. You know, sometimes losing is actually winning. And for mm-hmm. a five-year-old, six-year-old, like, like, what do you mean? Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but um, they eventually did get it. And what's hard is to see um, candidates not, grown adults not get that, not understand that this, you know, for me to have a calling into public service is not about me. I, I mean, a lot of our politicians, I fucking hate politicians. That's why I ran. <laughs> I hate politicians. Yeah. But mm-hmm. for most there's you know a good number of politicians that they, it's all about ego and what they get out of the 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 job of being a politician. Um, uh, you know, I I don't think you're going to make millions of dollars being a politician. Hopefully, not some you know, <laughs> yeah. book deals, whatever. But um, you should have a sense of civic duty, and and those are the candidates that I hopefully uh, for me are what I'm looking at to make it through. And it's not an affinity to their queerness or being gay, and you know like and dick or whatever like like i do like whatever like that's not the litmus test the litmus test is like what are you going to fucking do to to fucking make sure that people can get to work or people can afford their house or uh you know live in a fucking city so yeah um and, anyway and that's not what egan o'ryan was talking about he wasn't talking about those things but he has the gall to to come out and whine like oh what amazon all that yeah. money that got spent on my behalf out of my control by the you know, chamber who well. whose endorsement I lobbied for and and <laughs> made built my program and my campaign around what would get that endorsement. Uh, I was chosen because I have the views that mm-hmm. would get that endorsement. But because I know ooh, everybody there, <laughs> woe is me that oh they spent oh. all that money. Bullshit. Well, the, Fuck off. Yeah. The funny thing that I believe you were talking to um, somebody on Twitter, Greg, that he went so far as to say, well, once I'm in city council, I. Oh, I'll hilarious. just be my my own man. Like I'm not right. beholden no, to anyone. Right, right. Which that's is how, that's how that works all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hilarious. Well, he had this great thing, which was like someone asked him, just like, trust me. You know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All the spending <laughs> has, you know, this is going to be the most expensive city council race in history. And after he got done done going, well, you know. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I hate that they're spending all this money on me. <laughs> on it's a distraction. Yeah. It's causing me problems. It's, gonna, it. yeah. it's, gonna, it's why it. I'm going to lose this race. I do hate when um, a sack with a dollar sign full of cash is dropped in my lap. Yeah. But then, then the reporter asked him, um, well, so what do we do in the future to preclude this from happening again, to, to stop this? And his answer was in fucking incredible. Yeah. It was, well, I think the best way to keep, you know, these elections from being this expensive from all this corporate cash coming in is to elect candidates like me who are not so divisive, <laughs> you know? And That's a Trumpian. He, a he just point. did a Trumpian. Totally, yeah. He has well, a fucking also, point. If you, if you just if he's already there, if the chamber's candidate is already they there... They don't need to spend the money. Yeah, well, well, if, you let, if you let Amazon just appoint a council to rule the city, then they wouldn't have to spend money on well, it. Well, he's not... He really isn't wrong because what people miss here is why, why are they spending all this money? They spend it against Sawant. Yeah. Someone who stood up over and over and over again and threw shit in their face 
and tried to fucking tax them and made them pay people $15 an hour. Someone stood up and tried to change things, tried to actually make change. Well, when you do that, yeah, that is divisive. It is going to make the fucking business interests spend money against you. It is until it's successful, and then you have uh, mayors like Mayor Murray that say, oh, well, I brought $15 an hour. Yeah, it no. wasn't Sawant. It <laughs> well, was, all of a sudden it becomes that. our success <laughs> once, yeah. our once success. it comes through, right? That's, like, that's like Democratic uh, Playbook 101. Yeah. But, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, the interesting... Oh, go oh, sorry. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, the one... one Incredible things like uh, I think a lot of the narrative too uh, post election is oh well you know democracy vouchers aren't working very well I'm like I would argue the opposite like oh yeah these mega corporations put in all this money for local uh, district elections and democracy vouchers got us through like that was the ultimate way to keep yep. that participation and that vote moving forward because uh, otherwise that that the corporation those corporate corporate dollars is really a disenfranchised uh, um, taking away a vote from disenfranchised folks so that didn't work at all so I think that program is fucking successful i think that we need to uh again challenge citizens united and get the fucking uh independent expenditures out of uh of uh trying to get you know the results that amazon wanted but that's that's a, a fight for the future and, and open yeah, is absolutely push to do that will be successful i think the council that uh is currently coming on board will be supportive of that move well i mean yeah that's interesting to see what that you know what happens with that because again citizens i feel like that just becomes a federal challenge right and goes and so i mean i would love to see yeah that go to a court that overturns citizens united but it feels like there's other steps in between here i, I think another one would be a uh, ranked voting as we saw in new york yeah i think yeah. that's mm -hmm. what's on the horizon for washington state i think uh, legislature, legislature needs to look at that at the state level, uh, or um, yeah, that's I don't know. Like that's where we need to go. Uh, Joe, Wynn, if if you hear me, you need to get that one through. Like uh, that one needs to be big. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to say that you touched on there, Chris, with the democracy vouchers. Shama Swant took a lot of heat for not accepting them because they rightly predicted that there was going to be a lot of spending. Um, in, in that race, uh, which is sort of interesting. Because, I mean, we talked about this on the show, and there was a lot of people talking about it at the time, uh, that it was cynical and silly, but look at what happened. It was, right? it was yeah. a good call. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, good, yeah, it was absolutely call. the right thing well, to do. And, and I think for her, right, you know, it's the, it's her decision to make as an incumbent, right? She has that power. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think the thing where the democracy vouchers came in handy was having allowing somebody like Sean to run. I mean... You know, I got somebody mad at me on Twitter because you know when it looked when it looked really bad on the night of, and that we might have this like Orion Peterson block. Oof. I was like, you're less likely to get like limits on cap spending, you know, <laughs> or pack spending, and more likely just to get the democracy vouchers taken away. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. those fucks up there, like that's gonna be their priority. Because <laughs> yeah. I think they, I think they do. Like, I mean, they presented a, a challenge, right? And I yeah. don't think that like anybody in the chamber thinks it's a good idea. I mean, yeah, I think, well, you, I think if you gave them their slate of candidates, they get rid of us. Awful. I think no, I think that's their opinion. I mean, I, that's been pretty explicitly the chamber opinion oh, yeah, nationally. So, well, I mean, the democracy vouchers, I think, uh, had a good showing because, like you said, uh, they at the and the system as it as it exists actually does, didn't seem to be too terrible because it allowed a candidate like Sean Scott to run yeah. at all, um, because without any institutional support or a broad base uh, to bring donations from. But at the same time, Shamus Want wasn't. Uh, limited to that didn't have to take that road be 
because she didn't need to. She was up against, knew what she was up against, and she has a base to fund from because she's a fucking national figure. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that, you know, a huge number of her donations came, you know, in the form right. of small donations from the district, which this is, but still, like, she knew she can bring in money. So, yeah. What well, I mean, that whole, that was all a canard from the beginning. Totally. Though, the Sawan's getting money from outside her district. Yeah. And it's like, well, where's all that corporate money coming from? Yeah. You know, I <laughs> well, mean, it's from here, it's from Seattle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, come on, give me a break. It's just laundered. But, but yeah, and I, I think that, you know, the big thing about the, uh, you know, actually, the you know Amazon putting money in is uh, that's what cost them the election. Is you have to push back on it because it does tr- attempt to cover for two things. Like one, when you look at Egan Orion and his dumbass response, oh, we should be a little suspicious when Egan Orion's like the number one person pushing this narrative. Yeah. <laughs> but when you look at him and it's like, yeah, this guy was literally handed everything and blew it. And it's like, oh, cool. you know, he had two options, right? He could do some self reflection of like, wow, I'm a very <laughs> mediocre, uninspiring individual. Or uh, somebody else fucked up. <laughs> like you know, the, the real problem with my campaign was that I had everything given yeah. to me. <laughs> what a yeah, fucking, fucking ridiculous! When but I, people are people are sort of lazily lazily yeah. buying it because it sounds yeah. good. It's like it's a nice Amazon because you get to yeah. what the media gets to do is well, you're is, still a good guy at the end. If right. you say that, right? Yeah. So you oh, still yeah. win. Yeah. You win yeah. something. Yeah. And, and yeah. Anyways, Egan's uh, and I are uh, on blocked terms on Facebook. Oh, no. Oh, no. Cool. Yeah. I asked some questions. So. What about Grinder? <laughs> you know, Scruff still? I don't know. He may, have, he, may, he may have blocked me there, too. I don't know. Well, as our friend Bradley said, uh, just because you find a guy attractive, you, still, you can fuck him. You don't just have to vote for him afterwards. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> I have a the secret. I guess my bar is pretty high with fuckability. Like, you got to be a good person. Like, yeah, you know. I fucked up. <laughs> like, ugly people. But they're good people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. No, wait, we should That's, probably, we should probably that, get out of this There's that beer that just hit me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, you know, the other sort of... Uh, the other thing this narrative covers for, right, is if you look at the way the, the spending in this election, if you look at the way, like, say, I would look at it as, like, okay, Amazon, you know, our corporate money spent this amount. They're able to get a total empty suit elected for District 4. And they, you know, I mean, they came close on Swamp. If I, you know, if I were them, I'd be like, oh, well, that just means we need to spend more next time. Yeah. You know, maybe well, that's get what's going to happen. I mean, and that, I, and I think that's, yeah, that's, that's coming. That's coming in. in they'll spend in more. A... They'll spend smarter. They'll spend earlier. <laughs> and, I, and I think, and I think this <laughs> yeah, narrative totally. of like, uh, they're spending money actually screwed them. It is a way of hiding from that fact and the real hard work that's going to be like, Oh, they're just going to come harder next time, like because they have the money and the resources and the time, and they'll they'll come harder at like SWAT next time. And you know? we've got important election coming up, you know, mm-hmm. in in twenty twenty one, right? So uh, beyond the Trump, the next presidential, like you know, coup d'état. But um, <laughs> I think you know we have a mayoral mayoral election and the two at large candidates, um, Mosqueda and um, Gonzalez. Gonzalez, thank you. Yep. Forgot that one earlier. Sorry, sorry. That's uh, no, okay. Anyways, um, so I think we need to start planning on like who should we be as a as a community really pushing to run for city uh, for the mayor uh, position. Yeah. So, and you mean it, under the assumption that your boss's 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 boss just doesn't want to run? I cannot comment. <laughs> yeah, 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 I yeah. do work for the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll comment, but, for I, Crystal, but, but I, I can't imagine Jenny's going to run, which means it actually yeah, be a much crazier. 
Oh, mayoral campaign. Dude, so it'll be what do you want to literally Ari be... Hoffman throws his hat in? <laughs> oh yeah, because one, yeah, it's gonna be all the freaks are gonna come out yeah, of the so Ari yeah. will definitely hell yeah. maybe even Saul. Maybe they'll run a oh, joint campaign. Yeah. As a one candidate, two people. They'll be in a trench coat, like in stacked <laughs> well, in a trench coat. But, but I don't know. Like it's almost this is a future that is actually unimaginable. We it's all it is totally preposterous to make any mm-hmm. like to project your vision into the future because this is on the other side of the 2020 election, yeah. Yeah, which right. is going to completely <laughs> rend the brain of America well, asunder. I, mean, like, I, I, know, I know this is like again. not Seattle shit, but like, so obviously, um, you know, uh, that kooky CIA uh, at it again in Latin America. And, you know, I was... Bolivia? Yeah. yeah, and I've been sitting there, like, shitposting on Twitter yeah. about this, because, like, every freak who, like, is, you know, standing for this coup in Bolivia, they all look like these, like, weird, awful... Th- they look like humans that were, like, born out of a pig farm or something. Like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they... They look awful, but anyways, they're all ugly. They need to fix their faces. But the thing is, is that somebody had made a point. They were like, oh, you know, uh, if uh, Sanders... Uh, wins in 2020 Trump's just gonna do the same thing and like launch a coup or whatever and I just look at Trump he's like such a fat sack of shit <laughs> like I almost can't picture it like yeah he he <laughs> wants nothing more to go back to just golfing all day yeah he's so fucking lazy but he is yeah, very he, egotistical he do... so I'm really split no, on no, this, no, no, this, no. This, uh, this scenario no no he wants he wants to win he just wants to he can do all the stuff yeah. he wants to do and because I, of, I, okay, like. and I honestly don't think that it has crossed Trump's mind at this point because well, I mean, look, he's had a life not of a lot, very, does, Brian. Well, but he's had a life of very open criminality that nobody's cared about, and I don't think it's even crossed his mind at this point that he could go to jail. Oh no, like, no, no! I, I, no, I, I think that's the no. furthest thing from his brain. No, it wouldn't. It would. He would be. <laughs> he would be utterly baffled and <laughs> it, yeah, to find if himself he wound up in jail. Like he would be the room, most surprised person would, in America. He would be like, no, you understand. You, I'm Donald Trump. Yeah, you just like, you keep saying it's like no. Yes, sir. You've been convicted. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't yeah. you know who I am? It's right here on the documents. Yeah. No. Uh, that's obviously another. What thing would that's happen not to his happen. hair? Like in, in jail, man. Oh, I know. Uh, I don't know what the wig policy uh, is, but uh, yeah. I think Melania would have to take care of it, right? Uh, <laughs> Conjugals. Yeah. It would be the problem is is that Donald Trump. I don't know if you guys remember that scene from I think it was like the first X Men film where the guy just like puts his face against the bars and he just completely melts away into like water and fat and gets out of the jail. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that would be Donald Trump. Like yeah. he just smash his face into the bars. It would just melt in the water and fat and just <laughs> fucking fall off the side of the <laughs> castle. But, yeah. We went from the mayoral election to... <laughs> yeah, this is a real side <laughs> thing. Just, I just spare you oh, and yeah, your okay, career. Got it. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is, uh, just skipped over that thank one. Thank you. Yeah. Um, South Park. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Chris, uh, do you want to sum up in any way about like, you know? I'm just glad I didn't win. I'm just glad I didn't win. Glad I got a different job. No, like, um, just coming in here, like, I'm like, what what the hell am I going to talk about? Because I kind of unplugged a little bit because I, you know, sanity and. It's been awesome being at home. What are you saying kids. about my sanity? <laughs> my sanity. <laughs> There's an implication I, I, there. I got kids. Chris. Like, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so, it. Uh, I have yeah, nothing. Yeah. So, so. Uh, <laughs> just going down. Just going down. Um, <laughs> shit. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so life is good. You've unplugged <laughs> yeah. from the race now I'm that it's plug. over. No. Um, no, I'm looking forward to working with the council. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I burned the bridge with Egan early before the election ended, so I was a little nervous about that because I got it. You know, he might get the energy committee, and I do some work with the, at City Lights. So I'm like, shit, that's going to be really hard. 
So thank God, thank God Sean was there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually have a job tomorrow, uh, hopefully. Um, <laughs> don't listen. I hope Jenny's not listening to this. Um, <laughs> she, she's a fan, I bet. Oh, she's she, oh, yeah. she definitely one of our first patrons. Well, she likes my sports takes, so uh, she yeah. students them for that. Um, no, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I think the other pieces that I, you know, what were revealing to me, and I think it was, again, like I mentioned, uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Nelson's uh, piece in Crosscut was I-1000, uh, referendum 88, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, the car tabs thing. I think those those two pieces are really unfortunate, and we need to look at um, as we move forward. You know, I think the city and the, and the county um, pushing back against the car tabs is great. Um, I hope that truing, uh, or curing some ballots um, in King County and the, the, the counties that did vote for I-1000, um, I hope that that switches that around. I, I'm not hopeful. Um, I think it, it kind of sucks that we had to bring in um, – I, I want to address race rather than bringing in more folks to make it more palatable for white uh, white voters. So bringing in veterans as part of I-1000, I think you know there's a calculation there. And that's fine. I think, you know, voter, voter, um, I think uh, veteran protections and work, we need those, um, absolutely. But um, we need to be real specific about race and, and yeah. what those outcomes are. So um, I look forward to seeing that challenge as well. I think it's always unfortunate when, when we put civil rights and, and equity, racial equity to a vote. Uh, we should never have that as a standard in this country and in and, and Washington State. So that's really unfortunate. And that, that was the same with Ref 74 when we voted for marriage equality in Washington State. So I want to – I, I – uh, having Shama win uh, made me fall in love with the city I like to hate. Um, I am most <laughs> – I'm stealing your lines. Hey, great um, Hey, I listen to the show. So, uh, <laughs> no, but I seriously, um, look, going into the election, I was getting pretty – pretty sad about the city and, yeah. and the possibility of Amazon actually winning a council. And that was really depressing. So I'm glad that I can live here and be happy to live here again and, and know there's a lot of work to do um, in the future. And I look forward to working with this council on it. Hell yeah. Well, we, uh, you know, look forward to seeing your work and what you do next, man. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what Sean does next. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. True that. Uh, <clears throat> I think you're really right, though, to point out the cosmic horror that is local politics, uh, Chris, because I, I feel like the like the more you look, the more it just warps your whole soul, but you can't look away. Yeah, it is oh, yeah. It is insanity-inducing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are sh- now completely yeah, we're insane. Like, we are oh, yeah, staring being on the show into... and having to pay attention has yeah, made me a yeah, worse person. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm far and away. Totally. And talking to anyone uh, gives me a lot of contempt now that I wouldn't have had before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have this, you have, you make this mistake of like, of trying to have, how do you get into political conversations I don't. With people, people start them with me because they say, they look at me and they go, white guy. I can do, I can <laughs> do this do, combo. You, you you pat you you look pmc as fuck dude <laughs> okay well all right well the thing is, is that colin he's still working on his beard wait hope true. his podcast of beard comes in i'm trying so man. he's still safe to approach <laughs> yes. for yeah he, the, the, my like, aesthetic we, doesn't belie my only, uh, hobby he has that type of facial hair that can only produce a fu manchu yeah yeah so, <laughs> because I, yeah. Um, yeah you have um heavy pmc energy you yeah. um because you're a, a tech bro coder shithead yeah freak <laughs> um, Go home, tech you, bro. People, I, so you come in with stories all the time of like someone in your life who it just happens, started talking to you today. like you're a it shit today. lib, and you you yeah. actually then open your mouth and yeah. be like, nah. 
Yeah, I'm probably. What was the one today? <laughs> the one today was the Shama Swant is, and this is a quote, a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and that, it, that's where it started. <laughs> that was the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That was the beginning. And then, yeah, just the, the s- stuff just ripped out of the Seattle Times, uh, just completely credulously digested mm. and then regurgitated back to me at like 75% fidelity. Paul's yeah. well, <laughs> kind of describing the process you should undergo after listening to this podcast. Yeah. Well, and I think Chrissy right. posted that that horsey cartoon with the X's and her roommate's face. <laughs> yeah. But like, it is kind of funny that people look at the Seattle Times who is like literally wrong about everything in this election yeah. and be like, yeah, that's a credible source. Well, like, I mean, they've been like wrong about everything <laughs> always. No, they're not. Like, but they don't, their endorsements are not r- factually yeah. right or wrong. They're, they have yeah, an yeah. agenda, so that's yeah. all. Did you it's, see this They should piece? show you how out of touch with people they are, but yeah, they don't well, I guess that's what I mean. They're wrong. Like, was that, was they, that the Ed Board? They did, the Ed Board did a, a spin piece right after the election and like, oh yeah, you know, they just, you know, got to work together and be less divisive and you mm-hmm. know, this is, this is what we predicted. Kind of like, what? Like, hell yeah. I was interviewed by you motherfuckers like this yeah. Yeah. yeah well you know about a week before the election danny westney my personal favorite columnist <laughs> of the times had a whole article about how uh actually now that bernie has this billionaire you know or has talked about this wealth tax that we actually should feel sorry for jeff bezos so the mood's gonna change in the country yeah. you know jeff bezos was a villain but now he's gonna be sympathetic because yeah, we're gonna tax right, him too much right right <laughs> right uh, oh, i boy. did also want to say that i think in retrospect, we should be a little bit kinder to Alex Peterson missing all those events because when Mulder and Scully are after you, <laughs> you have to lay low. I mean, I'm sure he was cocooning himself in with his own spit or something yeah. somewhere in his lair. It's just not that easy to campaign. So yeah. when you're yeah. cryptid, I oh, mean, that's he, just... This was his hibernation period. Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. It's difficult you know, doing a public campaign. That, I think that's what it comes that's down to. That's just the way it is. Well, Alex, just remember all the, the criteria uh, of like... People saying, oh, Shama didn't do anything. All the meetings that she canceled, she oh, didn't yeah. do produce any legislation. Well, no, she produced 55 pieces of legislation that were pretty significant. Um, and those weren't cancellations. Those were rescheduled meetings. Let, let's hold the same bar for Mr. Peterson when he's in in the next year, two, three years. Let's see what his track record is. What did he bring to the table? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping he burns out or like returns back to his birthplace from 500 years no, ago or a, whatever. A, a, a guy like that is a robot. He doesn't have, he doesn't burn out. He just shows up to work every day, punches a clock, <laughs> and does the bidding of his vampire overlord. Right. Like, Slumbers he is every a Renfield for the corporate <laughs> interests in this town. Yeah. He. <laughs> that's it. he just he's just gonna show up yeah find he's gonna whatever if it's he's just alone like no vote on something great if he can like use his you know knowledge of you know procedure to fuck some shit up um if he can you know use the bureaucracy of the city to cause problems in other ways, uh, then that's what he's going to do. Cool. You know? that's he's, a, not gonna, he's not going to think about it too hard. He's not going to get worked up about it. He's just going to you know, come on, to work on. every day and yeah. just like yeah. do what he was programmed to he's do. He's a lunch pail. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lunch pail uh, wrecker. <laughs> yeah. Non-skilled position. So uh, anyway. Yeah, we can. And, and best of all, all the while, he's going to call himself a progressive doing it. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That rocks. Well, and... Yeah. No, sorry. So I, I think one one of the last things I, I just want to leave is is um, you know we we really 
the the piece that I opened up with earlier, talking about how racism really is part of the structural components of electoral politics in Seattle. Like we have to address those pieces. I think we need to look for good candidates that are you know support women of color and their voice and and encourage uh, more representation from folks of color to get out there. I think it's a big ask. I think as soon as you know my personal experience, as soon as I announced I was going to run, like I became a, a number one hit at Safe Seattle and. They did lots of write-ups on me, homophobia and racism, and transphobia came flying at me. So it's a big ask whenever you put yourself out there. But um, I think there's so much, um, there's so many great people out there that we could really, I think, bring up and support them as they go through that and make sure that they have enough support when that does happen. Um, and, you know, Nikita Oliver for, you know, I, I would hope that she continues to um, support the work that she's doing. Um, in the community, but you know, is there a way to find other folks that have that same perspective, especially women of color? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's yeah. If if electoralism is to be a path at all, it's going to involve recruiting a shitload of actually good people um, to run for all these offices. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah. Thank you again, Chris, yeah. for coming Chris, back to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you on the boat. Um, did, very disappointed you didn't show up with any <laughs> paella <laughs> next time. I guess <laughs> I, I don't know if you'll invite me again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's gonna be something. You, you are you're welcome back. Um, yeah, anytime. Back on the official enemies list now. That's not my If I lose my job, maybe I'll get a full time job. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you already got you, the slogan down. You can take my job. <laughs> oh, first I'm, off, I'm the Alex Peterson of this podcast. You lose your job. Look, this is this is maybe a joint venture I'm suggesting. Paella boat. Ooh, think about that. Paella boat. Hell there's yeah. There's a grill on the back. Yeah, there's fire involved. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but we're by one. Uh, all right. Well, um, we have some patrons to thank before we close out. Daniel Worthington, thank you. Ryan Paul, thank you. Thanks, Je- guys. Jeffrey Snyder, thank you. Oh, three so much. Three. Patrons. Yeah, there were like two yeah. today. I think. Wow. Uh, So, Ryan Paul, so it's up to Jake. Yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) Get out of that suicide forest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, another thing to call out. Um, Wednesday, December 11th at the Beacon Theater. On Uh, Rainier. Yeah, on Rainier. 7 p.m. Seattle Sucks presents Class of 1999. Oh, yeah. Malcolm McDowell. Pam Greer. Oh, yeah. Stacey Keach. Bleach blonde hair <laughs> and albino contacts at his insistence. Nobody asked him to do that. <laughs> He's just method, man. It's, yeah. uh, the classic Seattle movie you know and love. Um, yeah. Uh, you, hey, we all love pr- to cheer when Seattle's on screen, so come <laughs> on out. Accurate prediction of the future of 1999, yeah. where the Seattle schools are overrun with uh, yeah. gang criminality right. and other hoodlum. Yeah. Uh, Seattle's a deindustrialized wasteland. <laughs> yeah, that part's true. <laughs> cool, great. All right, um, well, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, you'll be hearing more about that event as uh, as time progresses. <laughs> so uh, thanks again, Chris, and I guess we will.